Oh my God. Are we really in season two already? Hey, beautiful humans. You're listening to the Human Experience Podcast, hosted by me, Kiara Marie. I'm a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I'm here to share my human experience, as well as have these raw and powerful conversations with leaders in the health and wellness space. The Human Experience Podcast began because I truly believe our souls are here to experience a wide range of emotions, make mistakes, own our past traumas that led us to make them, and face our deepest fears in order to grow. The Human Experience is a conversation about self-development, conscious awareness, normal human responses, and connecting mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. The Human Experience promises to deliver authenticity and diversity. The Human Experience community is a group of humans doing the work so they can live their lives to their fullest potential and are here to break intergenerational family patterns that generations to come can too. At The Human Experience, we're diving deep. Thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I am so excited for today's episode. Today on the show, we have Miss Caroline Rose. I feel like I need to add a miss in front of it because her name is just so beautiful. Caroline Rose. I mean, how could you not? <laughs> so Caroline and I met through some mutual friends at the college we both went to, Virginia Commonwealth University. And we never really got the chance to connect in college, but we did connect recently through social media and we just love each other's vibe and relate so much. And Caroline had actually embarked on a solo trip or plenty of solo trips um, after college. Uh, she went to South Africa. She said that was probably like the best experience she's ever had thus far to date because Caroline has a bucket list to visit every single country. Every single country, you guys. That's amazing. I mean, I'm afraid to even just go out of the country by myself. And that's something we talk about on the show too. How to overcome that fear, especially for women. Not to say that men don't experience this as well. Just for anyone who's experiencing fear of safety or belongings being taken or just any harm being done to you while you're traveling solo. Um, Caroline shares her best resources for traveling solo, the lessons that she's learned along the way, um, some of her favorite experiences. Um, she's traveled to the Philippines, uh, Singapore. I can't remember the rest. There's so many. She's been to 10 countries so far. And man, it's it's just been so inspiring because yeah, now I want to do the same. I don't know if I can commit to going to every single country if I'm being realistic with myself. Um, but I definitely want to do parts of Asia. I want to do um, a lot of Europe and a lot of the United States, which I really haven't seen. I haven't even been to the West Coast and I'm 27. Um, but I do want to do that. I do want to plan a trip, and I think Cali is for sure the next place I want to go to visit. And then just start from there. And that's actually one of the tips that Caroline 
mentions in the show that, you know, you should start off with just traveling to parts of the United States. If you're listening and you're in the United States, traveling to parts of the United States just to get your feet wet and then put your big girl pants on (laughs) and then get yourself an international uh, plane ticket. So yeah, we talked about lots and I'm so excited for you guys to listen and I hope she inspires you guys as much as she did me. I know she will. She's going to gift you guys the travel bug. So just be careful listening to the show, but enjoy. Do you want to be in optimal health by having better digestion, glowing skin, better sleep, and more energy? That's where I come in. I help women heal so they can own their bodies by having better digestion, cycles, and moods. My customized programs are for you if you have thyroid issues, gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, acne, or other chronic conditions, and if you're committed to making the food and lifestyle changes needed in order to reach your goals. If this sounds like you, shoot me an email to schedule your free discovery call at kiaramariewellness at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Guys, I am (laughs) so excited for today's episode. I am here with the beautiful Caroline Rose, (laughs) the solo wanderer. She has been everywhere around the world well I don't want to say everywhere, everywhere. not so yet that's on her that's coming on her bucket list yeah coming um but still more than I've been to and we're just going to chat about so many things all the life lessons that she's learned along the way what um you know what kind of sent her on this journey and all the places she's been to all the budget uh tips and other travelers tips that we all need so now you have a ton of experience underneath your belt and I just want our listeners to you know hear your story and kind of just be inspired by you because I am I literally told my mom the other day I was like mom how would you feel if I lived here for like a year or two and just <laughs> saved up a bunch of money <laughs> and then just traveled the world by myself hear that though whenever people <laughs> tell me that they're inspired by especially people that wouldn't I don't think nor uh wouldn't typically travel like that I've had people come to me and be like I never thought of doing something like that and now that I've seen you do it it really you've really inspired me and that's like it just warms your heart (laughs) I love that oh it makes me so happy so that makes me really happy to hear you definitely should Yeah. Yeah. yeah I want to and Someone like I just told my friend I was gonna go visit her in Cali, and she's like, "You're such an adventurer to come out here by yourself." I'm like, "No, not really. Like that would have been like the first time." No, that's a good place to start. I tell everyone like, if you're um, thinking about solo travel, the best place to start is within your own country and just going somewhere, even for like a weekend or even a week vacation. You know, um, even if you're visiting a friend, you know, you're seeing someone that you know. The fact that you're getting on a plane and making the whole effort on your own, that's like a huge yeah. step. I mean, that's <laughs> I feel like every single time I've traveled, um, whether international or domestic, um, I haven't really had to think because most of the time yeah. it's been with my family or I've had 
like a significant other with me and it's it's like we're either putting minds together or my mom just took care of all of it (laughs) so okay it's just like the the little things of that you're kind of on your own to figure it all out it's definitely new yeah exactly yeah so let's tell everyone just a little bit about who Caroline is. Um, I met Caroline through just some mutual friends. We both attended the same college, Virginia mm-hmm. Commonwealth University. Um, my best friend, actually, Sierra, who I recorded an episode with not so long ago, um, was on the same dance team as Caroline. Yeah. So yeah, definitely lots of connections. Yeah, good times. I miss yeah. her. I haven't seen her in a long time, but I listened to uh, the podcast you did with her. It was really good. Yeah. I love Thank her. you. Yeah, we love we love you, Sia, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so you were just telling me the other day, you're from a family of nine oh. other siblings. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that about me. I'm the fifth of 10 kids, so I'm the middle child right in the middle of it all. Um. Yeah, I'm whenever people hear about it, they just think it's so crazy, which I get because now that I'm older and um you know, a lot of people my age are having kids, uh, you you naturally start thinking about it yourself. And when I think about it, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, uh even one kid is like that sounds insane." So, I don't know how my mom had 10, but she did and uh yeah, I love all my siblings. Um we have a lot of fun together. It's definitely shaped who I am for sure. Um, In what sense? Fun fact about me that a lot of people, I th- actually, some people know, but when they find out, it's definitely, it's, like, it's great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I thought my dad, my dad was like a, from a family of, he has seven other siblings. So yeah. I thought, wow, that's a lot. But yeah. ten, that's my first time. Yeah. I mean, but even though I'm from a big family, um, when I hear that other people uh, are from even like when you say your dad is from a family mm-hmm. of seven, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so many because it's a lot. Like it's it's a lot of people. It's a lot of personalities and lives going on. And oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I love it. I always like told myself I want to have a big family. I don't know about having ten kids. <laughs> yeah, that's like next to the dream. But um, my mom always wanted to have a lot of kids. She's a super super caring person and. Aww. I mean, she loves kids even I mean she has 10 so you'd think she'd be kind of um done overwhelmed with but no she's like begging for grandkids she, she loves it but I love that so much too so like she just can't get enough of it it's funny <laughs> I feel like that's just never a dull moment and that's really fun oh yeah no there's never a dull moment and um it's really nice because um Obviously, I have different relationships with each of my siblings because uh, we all have so many different personalities. Uh, but it's nice because you always have someone to turn to. Um, and I, I go to different siblings for different situations and things like that. But there's always someone there for you. And also, um, I mean, you always have a friend, really, because it, even travel, like I do mostly all solo travel. Um, but if there's a trip that I would like to go with someone, um, I usually always turn to my siblings first because, you know, you know them the best. You don't have to put up. Uh, it's kind of like if you fight with them during the trip, you know, you're always going to make up together afterwards. It's really um, they're who I would turn to uh, first out of everyone. So that's awesome. Yeah. So coming from a big family, um, you would think that one would 
always need to be surrounded by people, you know, especially going off to college and stuff. And then after college, you just decided to be on your own. So tell us about that. Like what you said, that's kind of like how you were shaped into the woman that you are today. Um, But what led to just the decision to go on this journey? Um, Well, I think, I mean, I do enjoy being around a lot of people um, because I grew up with so many siblings, but actually because I grew up with so many siblings, it really made me more independent. Mm. Um, You know, my mom you know, having 10 kids, she has a lot to worry about. Um, and she's helping support the family and raise us. And so she, I mean, my mom, she was a, an amazing mom. If she listens to this, I love you. She's done an amazing job raising me. Um, and all of my siblings. Uh, but at the end of the day, there's so much going on that you're not getting, you know, if you have one kid, you're getting all the attention and all the care and everything. Uh, whereas when there's 10 of you, at least for me, the way it affected me is that it really made me out to be independent. And part of that doesn't just have to do with being from a big family. Part of it just has to do with my personality. I was always kind of (laughs) rebellious and I just wanted to do things on my own. And so that definitely plays into it as well. Um, yeah, having a big family definitely shapes me to be very independent. Um, I think it played into I'm an extremely empathetic person. Um, I really try to see things from other, or well, that's just it, is that sometimes I don't even try. Um, I just see things from other people's perspectives, sometimes even before my own. And I think that definitely has to do with being around so many other siblings and people that I care about. You know, it's not that I was just around a lot of people, it was around a lot of people that I care about. And so I kind of tried to see things from their perspective and, um, yeah, so that it definitely um, taught me to be empathetic, care for others, uh, definitely be more on the chill side of things. I'm not very um, controlling. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't. I try, <laughs> I'm controlling about some things. That's part of why I solo travel is I like to control. You know what I want to see. It's my experience, so that plays into it for sure. But I think, um, like for example, uh, I know going off to college, especially freshman year, a lot of times you have a roommate and um, it's not just someone you're sharing a house with, you're sharing a room with. And some people have such a difficult time with uh, sharing their space. And I just didn't. So um, in that way, it helped me a lot. So yeah. I'm very my family. We fight. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm making it sound like it's, (laughs) we definitely fight a lot. Um, but ultimately, I'm very thankful for my family and how it's affected yeah. my life. Yeah. Yeah. So it was after college that you decided to embark on where would you go to first? Um, so I went to uh, South Africa first. So it kind of all started because um, I'm trying to think. I I didn't travel at all really growing up because since I was from a big family, um you know, it's really expensive to do a normal vacation, you know, just to like the Outer Banks, much less to um, somewhere out of the country. So I didn't travel at all when I was younger. Um, And I kind of had it in my head that it was expensive and not really something, it was like a once a year uh, Mm -hmm. 
thing, you know, if, as a vacation, essentially. Mm-hmm. I never really saw travel as being a big part of my life. Um, but then I'm trying to remember how it started. I think social media started becoming big. And I remember I had seen some, you know, the first influencers, you know, I saw a lot of, a lot of travel photos. And then I started watching uh, YouTube videos and it was of budget travelers. And I remember on the screen, you know, in each vlog, they would put up the price of how much they were paying for their hostel or food. And, you know, it was in, they traveled through South America and then Asia, uh, both pretty cheap regions where the dollar stretches. And so I remember seeing, you know, $5 hostels and things like that. And it kind of clicked that, wait, it's not, you know, it's not this expensive, unreachable thing I can travel to. And so when I graduated college, um, that's when I really started looking into it and realizing that it's something that I can do too. So the first place I went was South Africa. Um, The reason I went there was because um, I had just graduated from college. I wasn't ready to just backpack, you know, sell my stuff and just go. Um, So I was trying to play it on the safe side. So I took an internship in South Africa and I was there for three months. Um, And that was my first trip. (laughs) I'll never forget that trip. It was the best. (laughs) that's awesome yeah it was amazing it was for sure like the most life-changing experience of my life by far so can you is that safe to say that was like the catalyst for just the rest of your adventures or you were like you you came back home and you're like okay like I'm doing this absolutely I mean um like I said I had been watching videos and I was interested in it and so I took my first trip abroad and that was kind of testing the waters but after South Africa I mean I I just fell in love with um, the whole idea of traveling, you know, being in a new place, um, uh, the adventure of it, the exploration of it, also all the people I met. I had so many friends there from all around the world. And I just completely fell in love with the idea of this, you know, I I have to keep doing this. Um, And yeah, I remember when I left, I stayed there in South Africa for three months and when I came home, oh my gosh, I was devastated. You would think after three months, you know, I would want to go home, but I, I, I was excited to see my family, but I cried <laughs> on the plane home. Yeah, I was so upset. But I remember thinking, like, okay, this is it. I remember looking. I was, you know, my sister and my mom picked me up, and they were driving me back home. And I remember looking out the window at you know Northern Virginia and just thinking. I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to figure out how to keep traveling. And so from then on, I just made that choice to make it a part of my lifestyle. So that was for sure life changing. That's awesome. I, oh my gosh. And how long was that flight? Oh my gosh. It was, is that the longest flight I've ever, I don't know if that's the longest one, but it was pretty long. It took, um, let's see to get there. I remember it took, 35 hours because I had 12 hours from uh, BWI to London or I'm not not 12 hours I think it was eight but I flew to London first then I had a long layover there and then flew to South Africa which was 14 hours um it was very very long (laughs) I think 14 hours is the longest flight I've taken oh my gosh 
I'm yeah. actually flying to Barcelona in September. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, yeah. hopefully it happens. Um, yeah, all this going on, it's kind of... Yeah, we're recording this while we're in quarantine. Um, and this episode won't air until a little bit later. So I think we'll be in quarantine still. But um, yeah, and I think that flight is only like eight hours. I think the longest, yeah, I, I, I've flown to Paris and that was eight hours. And mm-hmm. my aunt's a flight attendant. So Ooh, that's cool. She was able to score some first class seats and oh, I flew first class on the way to Paris. Um, lucky. It was like such a blast and I like slept like a baby. What and then you? on the way back. <laughs> that's what um, I would do. Yeah. I would just, I just like passed out. Like it was awesome. Because you have like all the chairs that like yeah every time beds yeah I've never flown first class um and whenever you walk by you're just like oh that would just be a game changer because they have so much room it's like a bed there's a TV and everything um yeah so well nice. I on the way back I had to sit economy now I sound like so like just privileged saying that but no my my aunt like wanted to sit first class on the way back which I should have done because you're tired yeah you've like done so much walking and you know with the with the time change and everything so the way back was like oh my god yeah Yeah, so that was eight hours and we'll be flying to Barcelona and that's another eight hours so I'm like I just hope I knock out the entire time but I usually have a hard time falling asleep on airplanes so Uh, what do you recommend like for those traveling internationally and like how to um overcome like the the discomfort of yeah aircraft (laughs) yeah surprisingly enough um I don't necessarily like to fly I fly a lot and I used to not have problems with it but I don't know why more recently um sometimes I get really I've never actually gotten sick but I usually feel like I'm going to really dizzy um Mm -hmm. usually that first flight if I'm taking a like I said uh, a long flight where it's first eight hours then lay over 14 hours usually the first flight I fall asleep um, but usually on that second one, I'm wide awake. Um, my tips would be definitely bring um, – some people can't fall asleep with noise and light and things like that. So I always travel with, like, one of those, you know, face masks and then earplugs. Um, I don't actually have one of those pillows for your neck, but that's always good. But the thing that always, always is just, like, a lifesaver is I always tell people – don't forget to download some type of movie or whatever mm. on your phone. So most times, like international flights, if, especially if it's a long one, they'll have a TV in front of you, um, but not always. And so downloading, having something on your phone that you're interested in and can watch, that's a game changer. Because if you can't fall asleep, I mean, that sucks to just be sitting there <laughs> for hours. <laughs> to be over so I always remember charge my kindle and download some movies um and then if you have melanin or something like is that what not melanin I think melanin is like in your skin. your skin yeah 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 <laughs> I have none of it because I'm so pale during this point <laughs> yeah. yeah download movies and um yeah ch- I always charge my kindle so I can read yeah. This is a total side note, but um, I don't know how much you've like explored my page and stuff, but I have um, overcome like several digestive 
mm-hmm. issues and I would notice a lot of digestive discomfort as I'm flying. Yeah. And it's really, really cool how you guys can overcome it. So I've learned that, and also, um, a lot of people with digestive issues can, um, also retain a lot of water when they're flying and especially like in their, in their ankles and feet. So like compression, compression socks, um, are really helpful. Like you said, the, the sleep mask and Mm -hmm. earplugs and the the neck pillow. Oh my gosh. That helps so much. Um, a lot of water because I get really dehydrated and my skin after I fly is Mm -hmm. terrible, terrible. Cause I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Water. And then those who have like digestive issues as well. And I still do this is um, like some ginger tea or like peppermint tea. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just ask the, the flight attendant for just hot water and then you bring your own little packet and then you have the tea that you want mm-hmm. instead of the tea that they have. And then um, as well as fasting on the flight, especially if it's like a long flight, because mm-hmm. when the body's in motion, it is not like sitting down in a rested state mm-hmm. where it can actually like a hundred percent digest the food that is being put into your body. Um, because you're moving at whatever speed the aircraft is moving at. So yeah. Even like when you're in a car, like you technically shouldn't be eating. Like I definitely like still do that from what? time to time, but wow. I didn't, yeah. I'm going to try that. because I always feel terrible after flying. Mm-hmm. I always need like a recovery day. It's, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah yeah so fasting um especially if it's for longer periods and like planning it, like your meals out um beforehand like so you're not obviously don't starve and if you feel like yeah, you're yeah. about to faint or something that's a totally yeah. different story yeah. um but you know eat well before the flight and if you can fast as long as possible or if you can't you know just try drinking some hot tea or like some fresh fruit or some protein snacks or whatever it is for you. <laughs> yeah, I should try that because yeah, I I always feel terrible. Um, yeah, and the I, um airline food too is just not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a big fan of the airline food, yeah, but it's good. Okay, so you, what were we just talking about? <laughs> um, the okay, so the flight to um Africa, so. You yeah. came home and you were like, all right, this is what I'm doing. So did you plan out like where you were going next? Like, or was it just totally spontaneous? I kind of, so when I got back, first of all, my, my first goal was that I knew I had to start working and I knew I was going to be at home for some time. It wasn't going to be right away, which it wasn't <laughs> um, because I came back and I didn't have any money. Um, I think I was actually in the negatives at that point um, in terms of my credit card. So I came back and I need to get a job right away. So I started working a lot. Um, but because I'm not made of money and most people aren't, I started like researching ton of like a ton of ways of how to implement travel into your lifestyle, but also make money. And so that's when I started finding a lot on teaching English abroad. Um, and so I immediately took a, I think I, I took an online course. Um, so that I would get my, it's called your TEFL. Um, and it's a certification to help you yeah. teach second language. So I got that and 
which I haven't used yet, which is crazy. <laughs> but I was like, that just shows that I was like, I was so like, okay, I have to do everything and figure everything out on how I can keep traveling. So I did that right away. Um, but then I realized um, that before I explore all these other countries, I kind of, it kind of hit me. I haven't even seen like much of my, my own country. I, at this point, I hadn't been to the West coast yet. Um, yeah, I hadn't been to the West. Wow. I hadn't even been to the Midwest. I think I had been as far as, um, I think I went to St. Louis, like for a family wedding or something, but I had never been to New York, New York city, hadn't been to Florida, like, because my family just didn't travel like that. So immediately I was like, okay, before I go and travel the world, let me travel through my own country first. So I started, I planned an entire road trip uh, through the U.S. and my sister went with me. Um, it was supposed to take three months. We did it in two and a half and then came early, came home early um, because of her, her some of her plans with work. Uh, but we did see a lot of the U.S. And so that was kind of the first uh, thing to check off my list. And then after that, I wanted to backpack, which I ended up doing a little later than I thought I would. But, you know, life happens. So <laughs> essentially, I just had like financial stuff to deal with. And um, I ended up like getting caught up in a pretty serious relationship. So I kind of put off traveling. And uh, then everything kind of ended. And I <laughs> by myself with the, rela- with the relationship. Yeah, with the relationship. And uh, I think that wasn't really why I decided to travel. I think so. uh, So let me backtrack a little. So I went on this trip um, with my sister. It was like Mm -hmm. around three months. I came back. I had a lot of financial difficulties, like paying off a car and things like that to deal with. And so I couldn't backpack right away. So I got a job. That's when I started this relationship. That was pretty serious. Um, And ultimately, I ended up kind of forgetting about, I didn't forget about travel. I think I wanted to forget about it simply because um, the person I was with uh, was studying to be a doctor and travel wasn't really on the table for him, at least long-term travel. He loved to travel, but travel wasn't on the table. Yeah. And And he was not comfortable with me going anywhere alone. And also for an extended amount of time. And so I kind of started to think, okay, I have to make a decision. Like, is travel really that big of a deal to me? Is it something that maybe I just need to reinvent where it's something that I just do once or twice a year for a few, like a week or two? Do I have to just reinvent it in my head? And I really struggled with that. Um, And we ended up uh, splitting up. Which was had nothing to do with travel, but I think as soon as we did, I just realized, oh my gosh, I was about to throw away my dream for someone who just ended it with me. And so it kind of was like a reality check where I was like, okay, you know what? I have all this money that I was going to use, um, you know, moving to Florida and all these different things. Let me just, let me just go travel. I'm just going to go do it. And it really has kind of hit me all at once. And so within a month of us really uh, splitting apart, mm-hmm. I was out the door on my way to Singapore. <laughs> it was kind of, 
Um, I think part of it was a little, I mean, if I'm being honest with myself, a lot of it was out of emotion. Um, Some of it was, of course, I wanted to forget about what had just happened, but a lot of it was just kind of like, I think I was just so sick of waiting like travel, especially solo long-term travel had been a goal of mine for so long. And I had put it off for financial reasons, but also there was some, there were other factors. I feel like I was waiting for other people or I was just living my life for other people or always, you know, things like that. And so that's why when we ended, it just kind of hit me like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here. It was hard. I was pretty depressed after that happened, but I just realized I'm not going to sit here and just be upset and heartbroken, I'm going to go do what I've always wanted to. I'm not going to let anyone stop me. So I did. I just jumped on a plane. (laughs) It wasn't that easy. I definitely had some breakdowns along the way. And like, I definitely at some point like looked at my, I think I I remember arriving in Singapore as my first country and kind of looking at myself in the mirror and being like, oh my God, what have I done? What am I doing? (laughs) Oh my God, Caroline. That is like like the most inspiring story. I mean, to just have that much courage to hop on a plane and just begin that journey by yourself. I mean, what a space for you to go inward about so many things. And learned so much about the world that we live in. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've learned. Oh, my God. So much. Okay. So you, before we get to that, so you were in Singapore. Mm -hmm. And like, how long were you there for? Um, Singapore, I wasn't there for long. Uh, I was only there three days just because Singapore, it's very small country. Um. It's also more expensive. So if you're on a backpacker budget, it's not really the ideal place. Um, but mostly it's small. And so you can kind of knock out everything within three days. So I was only there three days. And then I jumped on a bus to Malaysia. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wait, so how many countries have you been to? Not that many, actually. I mean, obviously, my brand is Travel Everyone assumes I've been to so many places. But I've been to um, 10. So. South Africa, um, I traveled around the U.S., Mexico, Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, Nepal, India, Thailand, and Philippines. So, yeah. Oh, my God. So, but I know to some people, they're like, oh, my gosh. But also to me, it's insane because I really want to go to every single country. Like, I obviously, some places will be not as ideal as others, but I feel like there's something to learn. Mm-hmm. from everywhere so I'm really one of those people that wants to do all 195 196 so 10 oh. I'm oh, I'm just getting started you know you are. Yeah. you are wow you're just getting your feet wet so yeah. Yeah. is is it even possible to pick a favorite so far like I'm sure you've learned um, so much from each one but like yeah top experiences um, it is really hard to pick a favorite and I really hate to in some ways because um I had such a different experience in each country and I think I learned so much from each that I love each country for different reasons. So it's difficult to compare, but if I really had to decide I would say um South Africa and the Philippines 
South Africa is always going to have a dear place in my heart because like, I mean, like I kind of explained, um, it was a life-changing experience. It's also beautiful. I met so many amazing people there. Um, the Philippines, because it's so beautiful. Uh, the people are really so nice. And it was my the last country that I backpacked to. And I think at that point, I was feeling so, you know, at that point, I had been traveling for five months. And so at that point, I felt so confident with the lifestyle that it, everything just felt like second nature, you know, like exploring, I just knew what to do in every situation it felt like. And so it was such a breeze. And I really felt, I would say the most at home there, um, especially in Chargao, which is just one island. I like, I, I loved it there. I learned to surf there. I met some amazing people. I, I just remember thinking I, it was my, it was the last place I was at. And so the whole trip I had been thinking, oh, I can't wait to go home. But when I got to Chargao, I didn't want to go home anymore. <laughs> so oh my yeah, it was, I, I love the Philippines. Love it. Love it. That's amazing. I actually had two friends from high school there. They were from the Philippines, but they came here and yeah. then they moved back um, oh. when everyone was graduating from high school and you miss them dearly. But they are just like, you have to come visit. Like, it's so yeah. beautiful. It's and so that's definitely on my bucket list. So yeah. let's see. What, where does someone begin, like, even planning out a trip? Like, backpacking and the hostels and budgeting mm-hmm. and just, like, everything. Um, I've been getting this question a lot recently. And honestly, where you start is just with, for me at least, it was just researching and just collecting so much um, in terms of I watched vlogs on YouTube. I uh, read blog posts about people who had been to these certain places I wanted to go to. Um, And for me, because I because I want to go everywhere, <laughs> I actually have like folders, uh, for example, on Instagram. Oh yeah, I have folders within my Google Docs and then also on Instagram where, you know, whenever I'm cool. scrolling through and I see somewhere that I think is looks really cool, a lot, especially a place that I didn't know existed, I save it to that country folder. So kind of when I show up at a country, I usually have a list of places that I um, already wanted to see. Uh, if you're not a travel psycho like me, <laughs> you don't <laughs> save all this stuff. I would still start with research, but just make it more specific. Um, if you have a country in mind that you're going to, I would just start researching um, people who have already done it. There's a lot of resources out there um, in terms of apps and websites. Um, you know, for hostels, I book online on Booking.com or Hostel World. Um, I've heard of Goto is really good. Um, I have an app that uh, it's called Rome to Rio and it helps you figure out how to get from point A to B. So whether it's a bus or a a train uh, flying, I try not fly too much. Um, Whatever it is, it can tell you how to get there. Wow. You're going to have to send me all these once we wrap up here because I'm going to put them in the show notes. Yeah. It's really, really, really helpful there. I mean, there's so many resources out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's how I would start planning. Um, I wouldn't, if you're doing a long-term trip though, at some point you don't really like towards the end, I wasn't planning an itinerary. 
So if I had a vacation for 10 days or something like that, usually I would plan an itinerary simply because I want to be efficient in my travel. So if I'm only somewhere for 10 days, I want to make sure that I space out everything so I can see whatever is on my mind uh, within that time period. But usually when I would show up at these countries, I would look online before at the visa restrictions and um, I would try and stay. I would, I prefer to stay in each country for a month uh, just to really get that, the full experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And so if I'm staying somewhere for a month, I do not plan it out. I just have a list of places I would like to see. um, So that more so like intuitive and just like, how you're feeling that day so so it's like you have a rough plan but also it makes it so that if you meet someone that is going somewhere completely different you have that flexibility and I like having that balance of planning and also spontaneity because yeah that way you're efficient and you see things but then also I mean a spontaneous trip so some spontaneous trips are sometimes the best Mm mm-hmm and you're really present because if you're yeah, really good about your schedule and stuff, then yeah. you're just so focused on getting from point A to point B rather than sitting where right. you are. I, I love that so right. much. And it's also, um, you don't have any expectations when you go. Mm, I love that. Yeah. It's yeah. And, and you meet so many people that that happens a lot. And most backpackers for that reason, don't plan out a lot. They'll show up in a country and, um, maybe have that first hostel planned out and then they just intend on meeting people and going from there. Um, and every hostel also has so much uh, resources, you know, they'll have mm-hmm. places to go, how to get there. So it's really not as difficult as people think it is. I think at some, I think it just seems difficult in people's head, but at some point you just kind of have to take the leap and do it and not plan too much and just, you just have to do it that's really as simple as that but also as difficult as that because a lot of people it's a lot to get over that barrier of not having control all the time yeah Yeah. and so to kind of piggyback off that I feel like I can relate to this so much but that fear that people may have about embarking on uh, a solo adventure like there are so many things especially like as a woman you know yeah so like how can one start to overcome that fear so they can actually do what they want to do and you know right Um, so I definitely think for females there is absolutely that extra barrier because a lot of times wanting to have control doesn't necessarily stem from being a control freak it stems from you're scared for your safety and Mm -hmm. I 100% I mean I, I I understand that um for me, that's kind of where the research would come in, where I do kind of, when I read blog posts, it's usually by other females. And I try to read solo females uh, material so that I can relate to them. Um, and then also it takes a certain level of trust. So when reading, um, and then also, especially if you've traveled before, uh, you start to realize that a lot of the things that you're told about the world um, or made to believe are just not true, Um, especially safety. I mean, a lot of the countries I've been to, people have asked me, you know, how did you stay safe? When in reality, a lot of them were way safer than the U.S., you know? 
And so I think there's that fear. And so you kind of have to trust that where you're going, it's not going to be a bunch of bad people that want to kidnap you. Most people want to help you and they will help you. So it takes that certain level of trust. Absolutely. Um, but I understand that's scary. So that's why I tell people, you know, maybe start out in a country that, you know, others have gone to, um, and then you take certain precautions, but honestly, it's really just the starting that's scary. Um, but once you do it, you realize that, um, there's not that much to be scared of. And I say that with like, like I, I complete, I'm not one of those people that just says, Oh, there's, yeah, there's no bad people in the world. Nothing's going to happen. Of course, <laughs> could happen. Yeah. And you have to take certain precautions. I do take certain precautions. I typically don't really go out at night. I don't go drinking with, you know, people that I, um, you know, just met or kind of feel uncomfortable with. And it always with a female, never with, you know, just a guy. Um, not to, you know, not stare. Yeah. I just don't. Um, I have locks on my bag. Um, if I'm staying in a hotel or Airbnb by myself, I have an alarm underneath the door, an extra lock. Uh, you know, you take certain precautions and you do have to trust your gut. But at some point, you do have to trust that most people, and I've been in that situation, they help you and they want to look out for you. And then also you have to trust yourself too and just really just do it. Like, um, and there's way more solo travelers than people realize. Um, I mean, I think I probably met more females than guys who were by themselves. Honestly, I did. And they're, uh, they're every single woman that I met was such a badass. And, um, I do think it also helps when you meet those women and you can talk to someone who's done it because it makes you feel so much more, confident that you can do it too. I mean, the first solo traveler, a female traveler that I met um, was at the Singapore airport. I had just arrived and I was just kind of walking around the airport because it's a really cool place. And I, this girl asked me to take a photo of her. I think she was from Portugal. I'm not sure though. And so she asked me to take a photo of her. And so I did, and then she took my photo. And so we started talking and she had just backpacked for I think two months through China by herself and wow. China is difficult because not a lot of people will speak English mm. and in terms of like the internet and stuff, you're kind of cut off from the rest of the world. Cause there are like restrictions online and things like that. So it's definitely more difficult. And she just talked to me. She kind of had a, yeah, we, we just had a deep conversation where, I told her I was just starting out and she really gave me a lot of confidence and and she was real with me too. She said, you know, at the start, it's kind of scary and you feel really alone, but just trust it's going to get better. Like as long as you use common sense and aren't stupid and, you know, because of course there are some uh, precautions you should take, but as long as you are using your common sense and you trust yourself, you're going to be fine. And that's I mean, absolutely true. Yeah. And I feel like, this this is so funny how I can relate to this because I would travel to Cancun, Mexico every single year from when I was like six up until like I was 22, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, every summer it was like our family vacation. And as silly as this sounds, I was terrified of the ocean. And I was like, what if there's sharks? What if there's like jellyfish? And and I the, the water is so clear, but there were moments where like, 
the, the seaweed was taking up a lot of like the shore and I was like oh I can't see anything um but then my aunt reminded me she's like you take a risk every single time you walk out of your house yeah like no matter where you are so learning to trust yourself and learning to be open as long as you take those precautions like as many as you can possibly take but at some point you're just gonna have to like be open and get to know other people and learn from them you know they might even have more tricks up their sleeve if they've been doing it even longer than you have. And I feel like that's a normal, like human emotion to experience that fear. It's not something that we should try to run away from or, you know, just use an ex- as an excuse. Right. Um, you can use that fear to help guide you and learn to trust yourself. So right. I love every tip you just gave. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, uh, I definitely think fear is that's why when people come to me with that question, I, I understand because fear is normal. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's oftentimes good to have because mm-hmm. it does make you be more cautious. So mm-hmm. I think if someone is feeling fearful about doing something like that, I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think it's it depends on how you react to it. If you mm-hmm. if you channel the fear and use it to take certain precautions and be more aware but still do, you know, still travel, then you're on the right path. But if you're letting fear keep you from ever taking a step forward, then that's when it's a problem. So that's mm-hmm. why if you're, you know, if there's ever, um, you know, a female out there who has wanted to travel the world, and then they just decide never to because of that fear, I think that's something they'll seriously regret someday. Yeah, all honesty, because that's that fear that's not a healthy type of fear. That's you letting fear control you and mm-hmm. that you can't take that next step. So mm-hmm. I understand. I that. Yeah. Um, what about some budget tips? So like when you're there and then also I want to get into like the language barriers because you had just mentioned like in China. Yeah. Um, there's, there aren't that many English speakers. Right. Um, so having to navigate that like through the countries that you went through, went through as well. So budget and language barriers how do we get past those um so for budgets um the usually the biggest ways you're going to spend money is transportation so the flights you kind of can't get around uh you can try and use i use google flights um i try and book on i don't know if it's true i've heard if you book on a tuesday it's cheaper um yeah yeah Yeah. that's what i've learned too yeah i i don't know why that's (laughs) I I follow it um travel credit cards always help you out actually my travel credit card got me my flight home from the Philippines for free so use travel credit cards use them um but the flights you can't really get around once you're in a country the way I save travel is accommodation so as a solo traveler I stay in hostels I did stay in so I'm kind of like I'm extroverted, but also very introverted too. I kind of, mm-hmm. it's cliche, but I'm like that. Yeah. Antisocial. Same. What do you, what do you, do you Anti, want to, or social, antisocial or, or like that. Antisocial. The antisocial club. Yeah. 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 I, that's definitely, so essentially <laughs> hostels, you save a lot of money, but you are in a dorm room type situation. So you're around a lot of people. So I did figure out that for me, at least like every, 
I don't know, two weeks or something or every month or so, I really just needed, I would just get an Airbnb kind of ball out in the budget a travel world. And I would just get my own room in an Airbnb because I needed that space. Uh, but even then I was using Airbnb. I didn't stay in hotel rooms. Um, so hostels are a good way. Um, also I have traveled to most of the countries I go to are cheaper anyways. And so even a more expensive room, you're really not spending nearly as much as you would spend here in the U S paying for a private room. Um, the other way I save is uh, I try to stay to free activities, which is not difficult because I love nature. So typically hiking and things like that don't cost anything. Um, I learned how to uh, ride a motorbike, which was very helpful in Asia because otherwise you're paying for taxis, which isn't that big of a deal. But if you take taxis and things like that, it's good to which is not difficult, but find friends within your hostel to go with so that you can split the price. Um, Public transportation is a big one. And also I eat local food. I don't, (laughs) which has bit me in the ass a few times. Like I've gotten sick before for sure, but but honestly, like that that can happen here. Like I've gotten sick from like whole food salmon. So. Right. And to me, I'm like, if I'm not, if when I go to a country, if I'm not learning about their culture, immersing myself in the whole experience, food, everything, then like, why am I even there? I didn't go to another country to drink and stay in a resort. I went there because I want to learn about that. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is part of that. So I do eat street food. I try to eat always local food. Um, and actually, I will say a lot of times that I have gotten sick, it wasn't necessarily from street food because I remember my mom, she kept telling me, um, stop eating street food. Like you, you keep getting sick. And I was like, no, that was from a restaurant because they didn't necessarily know what they were doing with making a Western, mm-hmm. you know, burger or whatever. And so the lettuce wasn't, I think, cleaned right. Um, and so I'm pretty sure that's how yeah. I got sick. It wasn't from street food, you know? So yeah. um, where did I completely lost my train of thought? Oh, um, just budget on the, or like eating. And I feel you on that so yeah. hard because like, even when we go to Barcelona in September, I was kind of hesitant to even embark on this trip because mm-hmm. it's a cruise. And like yeah. you're saying, like, I want to be able to experience like have a true, if I'm going all right. the way to Barcelona and traveling through Italy and like the, just the coast and I'm not. Like, I don't want to just eat the cruise food. I want to go into the city and eat like a true Italian, eat like a true, a true Spaniard and have that experience. Um, because yeah, being on a cruise, I feel like just touristy. Yeah, but and, I mean, cause it's like, I mean, it has its perks too. Like when I say that, I don't like resorts and everything are nice too. I would love to are, yeah. I think it, I think it just depends on what you're, like, if you're trying to relax and get away from life, you know, then by all means, stay in a resort, go on a cruise, because that's your vacation. I think it just mm-hmm. depends on the purpose of your travels. Mm-hmm. When I do long-term travel is typically because I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to get experience at it and learn. If I was going mm-hmm. on a vacation, then no, I think a lot of places. Yeah. 
That's and it's not just me. I, it's like a lot of people that are going. So I think that's also the reason too. <laughs> We're right. not just all going to like travel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'll definitely save that for when I just go by myself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You should. <laughs> I totally you will. Not if. When you solo travel, I'm going to be yeah. so happy. Like, yes. You're what? the inspiration behind it all. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> crazy so as far as saving up for the trips you had mentioned you just like worked your ass off oh my god yeah right yeah so um yeah I usually have a day job um and then bartend as well um on the weekends in a nightclub which is where I usually bring in most of my money so I before my travels I work a ton um that being said though because I do get this question a lot. Uh, I think that's good to do, you know, if you're saving up for one particular trip, I think working relentlessly like that and making sacrifices is a good thing because you're, you know, you're working towards a goal that you want to reach. However, if you're trying to make travel a part of your lifestyle, which is now what I'm more trying to do, I don't recommend that because that's exhausting. That's really no way to mm-hmm. live. Like, you know, work your ass off for like, you know, a year, whatever, and then spend all your money within a few months. Um, mm-hmm. Really exhausting. And so I don't want to do that anymore, which is why I would like to take advantage of all the opportunity out there to work while traveling. Um, that's that would be the next goal. But uh, in the past, that's what I've done. I've just worked a ton to save and I've, I traveled to cheaper countries. So that's why I haven't done. I would love to backpack through Europe. But it does tend to be more expensive. So mm-hmm. and I would have to save way more money to go, you know, six months in Europe. That would, <laughs> you need like a good amount of money. Whereas Asia, not, not really. I think okay. I, yeah, I, you, yeah, not nearly. So do you recommend maybe for someone who's antsy to get out to travel, maybe traveling to like Asia first? Yeah. Like country to start in is Thailand or Vietnam. Both of those are really big backpacking hubs, so you'll meet people from all around the world. I mean, I think that's where most people start, actually. Uh, And Thailand and Vietnam are pretty, they're very cheap, and they're pretty easy to travel. Because, like I said, there's so many backpackers there that they, uh, I mean, there's plenty of transportation and things like that. It's pretty easy to travel. I, I haven't been to Vietnam. I've only been to Thailand, but... I've heard that about Vietnam as well. Yeah. Okay. And both are are beautiful countries too. Awesome. So then what about um, language? So do you recommend someone downloading Duolingo or something before they go? Yeah. um, So (laughs) I do recommend having some type of translate app. Uh, That would be the best way to do it. And I also recommend learning maybe common phrases but I say that with a huge grain of salt because <laughs> I did not do either of those things. Okay. I, I I knew language would be a problem in some countries, but I just, I, I, I don't know. I just didn't, I don't know if I was lazy or I just didn't. Essentially, I it worked out fine for me. I didn't do anything to uh, learn the languages before coming. I did have a translating app. And I made it fine. I think the only country I had some difficulty was... What was the translating app? Um, I think a lot of people just use Google Translate. I didn't. Oh. 
I didn't use anything, honestly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I would learn how to like uh, say, you know, thank you and things like that, just so that I always had manners with uh, people. And I did learn certain phrases that I forget now in specific countries. But in terms of survival, like needing to know languages in order to survive and navigate, I really didn't. So did they know like English for the most so part? Either people, depends on the country. They would either know English or their friend would know some English or mm-hmm. they responded really well to like mannerisms and things like that. Um, or I'm trying to think. Or a lot of times apps helped. So my phone was a big help. So for example, the only time I would really, it would be a problem if someone didn't know the language was if say I was lost or I needed to go somewhere and they don't know what the heck I'm saying. So the thing that helped me with that is, first of all, the app Grab. It's basically the Uber of Asia. And that is incredibly helpful because most times, you know, if you're coming in contact with locals, it's usually that you're, you know, buying food or getting in a taxi transportation. So if you're buying food, you can just point at the menu or point at the food. Easy transportation that's a little more difficult but with the grab app you type it's just like uber you type in the address you're going to or whatever and they can take you so if they don't speak english it's okay so that helped a lot um in terms of if i were ever lost i didn't get lost uh maybe in malaysia a little bit but not for that long but i always had screenshots of where i was going on my phone so that if I uh, were to come in contact with someone who didn't speak English, I could just say, you know, like, oh, this is where I'm going. (laughs) But I never really had, I'm trying to think, like even one time in the Philippines, I remember one time my, oh my gosh, it was terrible. I was exploring by myself on a motorbike and it was the middle of rainy season. So it wasn't raining while I was driving. So I stopped to take a photo of it was a really cool road and as I'm taking the photo it starts pouring down rain so I'm like oh my gosh so I throw you know my I did want to get my camera wet so I throw it in the back of my you know under the seat of my motorbike and everything close it really fast and then I go to get on and just drive back to my hostel well in doing that all so fast I locked I my keys were under the seat. And so when you close it, you lock it in. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm stranded like in the middle of like the jungle, you know, <laughs> like, there's no it's pouring road. It's pouring down rain. There's nothing around but palm trees. And like, I was like, oh my God. And then I remembered, you know, like a mile back or something, I had passed like some shops, I guess. And um, I think there was a mechanic there. So I walked all the way back there. It's pouring down rain. I'm literally being rained on. I had to just leave my motorbike there. And I went to the mechanic and none of them spoke English. And I was like, oh. And so I had to like, I was like, my motorbike. (laughs) And so they understood. And so one of the guys came with me and he uh, tried to do it with like a different key, like unlock it or turn it on couldn't do it. So we ended up having to walk back with it to the mechanic. And then they somehow opened up the, um, the seat and got my key out, but none of them spoke English. Uh, they were so nice. They didn't in- expect 
any pay at all. I was like trying to hand them money and they're like, no, 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 like try not to touch anything. And I just shoved it in there. I was like, you're taking my money. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to, I can't, I can't not pay you. Yeah. Oh um, my gosh, that's so. And they speak any English, and uh, we figured it out. Yeah, they were oh, the nicest people. I love the Philippines. Yeah, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. What an amazing story. Yeah. So, I guess kind of going off of that, like, what have been the best experiences for you? Like, what are the most memorable times, and like, what have you learned from just this time by yourself? Um, oh my gosh, so much. But before I answer this, I just realized my laptop is dying, so I'm gonna plug it in really fast. Totally. Uh, I completely forgot. No, you're totally fine. Time out, guys. <laughs> this Stay is with us for just a brief moment. You can put your sponsor. Um, I know. <laughs> um, okay, oh wow. My best experiences. Um Okay, yeah, I'm going to start with experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I – I travel for a lot of reasons. Um, one of them has to do with the people I meet while traveling, and then the other is has to do with, you know, I, I love nature. But at the end of the day, my best experiences always come down to the people. Mm. Um, so it's really hard to pick between – experiences but just the ones off the top of my head that I'm thinking of that I thought of right away um once in the Philippines uh uh me and three other friends that I had met at my hostel uh one guy was from Venezuela the other from Argentina and the girls from Chile and we were all getting on a ferry to an overnight ferry to another island uh but as is pretty common in the Philippines, the ferry was delayed uh, like seven hours. I mean, really long. So we were stuck at this, uh, at the fer- ferry station. I don't know what you would call it. <laughs> uh, we left our bags there. We were like, we're going to be stuck here for seven hours. So we had met other people and they watched our bags and we went out to get food. And in getting food, we also got some beers. And there wasn't really any bars or anything around. So we just bought beers from a convenience store and we were sitting on the side of the road, you know, like on the street, we're sitting on the sidewalk, drinking these beers, uh, not doing anything rowdy. We're just sitting there enjoying our beer. And uh, these two Filipino men came outside and they were like, oh my gosh, no, 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 no. Like drinking in public is not allowed. You guys are going to get in so much trouble coming to our you know, home and you can drink with us. And so me and my friends, we went inside. It wasn't their home. I think it was their, I, they were working on like a, they were building a, a new building. So it was a construction site, but because it, it was fenced off and technically off the street, you could, you know, drink outside. So we sat with like three or four Filipino men um, on their construction site, drinking beer with them. And we had only bought you know, one beer each, they were like, no, 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 your, your fairy's not leaving for a long time. We'll, we'll buy you stuff. So these people that, I mean, they, I, I, I don't want to judge, but they definitely were not, they were not wealthy and they went out and bought us snacks. They bought us, oh 
they were, and we were like, no, 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 like we'll pay for it. When we left, when we ended up leaving, we tried to give the money and they were like, absolutely not. But we ended up sitting there with them for, I don't know, at least an hour, just getting to know each other, drinking beer, eating snacks. We were eating all these different, you know, authentic Filipino food and um, just getting to know them. And we were laughing, telling jokes. Uh, we got to know them so well that, you know, one guy offered up his house to us. He was like, you know, if you're ever in Manila again, you can stay with me and my family. And it was just the, they were the nicest people. And it was, oh, it was the best experience because, um, I mean, experiences like that are my favorite because it makes you realize, I mean, I think a lot of times society, you feel very, um, different from the rest of the world. I think a lot of times with other cultures that, or countries that you've never been to, or they just seem so different and foreign from you. It's easy to see them as like the other or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. That's why I love travel so much because you realize that, I mean, we're all human. Uh, everyone likes to laugh. Everyone, you know, gets heartbroken. Everyone just wants to be loved. They're, it's just, we're all, human and very similar. And it was just so cool. I remember sitting there just being so happy and not having a care in the world and just thinking like, I'm sitting here with three Filipino guys, a girl from Chile, I just met a guy from Venezuela, I just met a guy from Argentina, I just met and we're having the best time sitting on the street, drinking beer and eating like chips or something. And it was the best. Oh, my God. oh it was the best experience. I, I, I like get chills like all over my body like when you yeah. tell the story because that warms my heart so much I mean like you said we're all just human I think we all just want to be seen and we want we crave connection right and recently I saw something where it's like we crave connection but we avoid eye contact with people like walking down the street and like right. I'm definitely guilty of that doing um, that too yeah. but I've, I've I've been more conscious of doing it less and less and like looking right. up and smiling at the person right. or saying hi right. um because we all want to do that but we fear like just being different or being rejected being vulnerable yeah yeah being yeah, vulnerable because yeah. like, that's I know that's what I struggle with a lot of times mm -hmm. I have over the I growing up I used to be really extroverted and I feel like in the past few years I've become this incredibly introverted person and I've kind of reflected on why that is but when I really think about it, I think a lot of times it doesn't have to do with me being introverted. I think it's just that being scared to be vulnerable, you know, and mm. I think that's so common within all of us. Um, and I'm definitely guilty of that, too, just making eye contact with people. I struggle with that so much. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I think everyone just wants to have that connection. And I think this coronavirus, honestly, the whole pandemic, mm -hmm. in my opinion, it's making me realize how much I need connection with others. And I feel like mm. we're all kind of starting to realize that that how important connection is. Um, that yeah. was going to be my next question to you. Like, what is quarantine like for for the traveler? I mean, are you like craving to get outside, or like, are you enjoying just uh, sitting with um, yourself? Depends on the day. Like, if I <laughs> it really does. Some days I, sometimes I I I like being. Or I wouldn't say like, but I, I'm not, I'm enjoying my time. I've, I've been really productive. I'm working on a new website and uh, getting to do opportunities like this that maybe I wouldn't have in, if I wasn't in quarantine. So some days are good and I feel like, okay, I can do this. Like I've accepted where I am. 
some days are really hard um, just because, I mean, we're all going through, I think the anxiety of just, Mm -hmm. for me, it's the unknown that's difficult, Mm -hmm. not knowing when this is going to be over. So for me, that's why it's been hard for me to answer when people say, what are my future plans, you know, with travel? Like, I have no idea because it depends on how I, of course, I would love to travel. And like I said, I want to go to every country. So I don't really discriminate in terms of where I want to go. If I, if one country was open that I could go to, I would go there now. So for me, my future plans and how this is affecting me, it all just depends on how it plays out. Like if we're going to be in, you know, in a situation for a long time, even when, you know, everything opens back up, it's not going to look the same right away. I think I've just that. And so I don't really know what the future is going to look like. So for me, that's really what I've mostly been struggling with is that, that unknown. And I talked to my sister about this the other day too. And she said the same thing. I think we're all kind of wondering, you know, what's going to happen. Absolutely. Myself included. Like you said, the unknown, the uncertainty of the state of the world and what it'll look like even at the end of the year, like when we thought things would go back to normal, but who really knows? I think what you're saying is, is resonating so much with me, just taking it day by day and maybe not having future plans with the uncertainty. I mean, you can always have things to look forward to. I mean, this is not a forever, yeah. you know, stamp. Yeah. We're not in this forever. If anything, we're in it together, but right. it's, it's just going to take some time and maybe sitting with ourselves isn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah. I just, yeah, I I definitely just try and take it day by day. And um, one thing I've been trying to do more recently is listen to my body because Mm. I think my brain, I am definitely, especially with all these goals and stuff that I have, my brain kind of tells me I always have to be doing something. I always need to be productive. And now with, I think a lot of people feel like this too, but this quarantine, you have unlimited free time. So your brain is like, okay, I have unlimited free time. I should be doing something all the time. And if I'm not, there's no excuse. And at least that's how I feel. And so I can't really trust my thoughts as much. So I've started to listen to my body more because there's been days where I have sat down, you know, at my laptop to, you know, work on my website or whatever it is. And for me, when I feel anxious, I can really feel it in my chest and kind of my throat and my brain gets a little foggy. And I mean, there was one day a week or two ago that I just felt so anxious about this whole situation that I I just wasn't, my body wasn't feeling right, but my thoughts, I tried to push through it. I tried to sit, you know, at my laptop and work on my blog anyways, you know, I tried to ignore it and I ended up getting like nothing done that day. So and then the next day, I felt like it was almost like an emotional hangover where it's like the next day, then I'm still dealing with it because it's like I never dealt with it in the first place. And so I'm trying to listen to my body more and just accept where I am that day. And if I feel like that, then take the day off, like watch some Netflix and go on a walk, um, practice my photography outside. I don't but do whatever I have to do. Because if you try and ignore what your body's telling you, I realize it just, it backfires at me. It really does. Totally. Totally. And I can relate to that so much. I feel like, and like going back to quarantine, what it's like right now, I feel like I've almost had more connection during this time on such an intimate level with people because 
I mean, this is the only like FaceTime that we're really getting with anyone else besides whoever you're cooped up with. Right. You know, and having longer conversations and actually listening to that person and like hearing them. Um, So that's been more I've been to. And I've been feeling that anxiety as well, more so because I have been putting so much on my plate because I have that more free time. Even yeah. though I really don't because I still have like a full-time job right. and I'm, I'm dealing with that during the day and I'm trying to work on this and I'm like, oh my God, Kiara, yeah. I need to take a step back. And like, like you're saying, I was just like pushing through because I was like, I got to get this done. When in reality, I was just making those deadlines for myself. Right. And I think it's hard to, not just with the time, but um, I think if you, you know, if you have a job you go to work and then you come home so you Mm -hmm. even have that like it doesn't seem like a lot but you have that distance boundary yeah home it's like there are no boundaries between Mm -hmm. work and your personal life you're just at home so not having that boundary I think that's been really difficult for Mm -hmm. everyone and I know I I respect um like freelancers and uh you know people like that so much more now because I'm like it's not managing your time. It's like having that, those boundaries. And like, I just, it's, it's insane to me. It's definitely a learning experience. That's for sure. It is for all of us. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we're coming up on time here. So is there anything before we hop off that you would want to leave the listeners with just on any last tips, any encouraging words? (laughs) Um, it sounds really cliche and yeah, it definitely sounds really cliche, but I'm going to say anyways, if you're thinking of traveling, just take the leap and do it. I think there's so many people out there who are scared and I have even met people who are scared. Um, I remember, I'll never forget this in Thailand. I met this woman at a market. She was German and she was traveling for the first time and she was 45 at least or something like that and she just told me she had kids and everything she was talking to me and she said I admire you so much because when I was young I always wanted to do what you're doing and I never did because I was scared wow I had and I I had so much respect for her because she was like in her 40s and she was doing it now she was in Thailand and she was at a, a food market by herself and I truly believe travel has no age. You don't have to be young to do it. So I really respect her for doing it, but that really resonated with me. And um, that was like a mirror for you. Yeah. Confirmation. Like, wow, I'm I'm on the right path. Yeah. And I think a lot of people need to hear that because I've had people message me and say, what you're doing is amazing, but I can't do that because of my career. And it's usually coming from people who are, in their early 20s mm. like Interesting. You're, not, you're not in your I mean I'm not saying that you can't be successful when you're young and of course you have priorities if you're trying you know there are certain uh fields that for example you know if you're trying to become a doctor it takes a lot of commitment there are certain mm. fields mm-hmm. you don't really commit when you're young I think but mm. for the most part it's people that I mean, if you go for literally think about it, like a year out of your life or a month out of your life, even um, you can always come back to your life. And I just think that you I learned way too much traveling that I would not be the same person 
um, if I hadn't gone. I You learn so much about yourself and the world um, that you can't, you can't learn from a book and you can't learn from sitting at home, in my opinion. There's so much oh, out there to not go. Like it's, there's so much out there. It's a waste for you to not go. Like that's, that's amazing. Well, if anyone I, I really needed that. that. You have to go like really make it a priority and just do it. Like you just have to do it. So, okay. So after this, I'm going to be sitting down and going over all the places <laughs> I want to visit. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the first step too, is because a lot of times people say, Oh, I really want to travel. And that's, that's it. Whereas if you think about it, if you were like, oh, I really want to go to school, what would you do? You'd start looking mm-hmm. at who you want to go to and you'd start figuring yeah. out what major you want to be in, what, what you want to do. So it's yeah. the same thing. You can't say, oh, I just want to travel. You have to be like, okay, where do I want to go? Make your list and just start looking up. You could look up a, a randomly a hotel where you want to go. It doesn't matter. But as long as you're taking that first step, that's huge. Huge. Mm. Yeah. So encouraging. Like I said, I really needed to hear that. And that makes me... So excited for the future and when all this is over and I mean, I just moved back to Northern Virginia, (laughs) so I'm going to stay here for a little bit, but I, that is definitely happening for me and I know I need it. Like you, what you said about, you can't learn everything you need, like in a, in a book. And I feel like I read so many books. Like I, yeah, I love books, but (laughs) getting, getting those real life experiences. I mean, those are right you can't beat that yeah you really can't and um of course like you do it of course it comes with other virtues as well like the courage to do it then also like I said I did save um a lot of money along the way and it took a lot of hard to get there so I will say if you do decide to do it kind of like how you're voicing your desire to um along the way be patient with yourself and if it takes you a while to get there that's okay just as long as you're taking the steps to get there Mm -hmm. that's that matters yeah awesome um all right so we're gonna wrap up here I have one question for you um I ask every guest on the show because it is the human experience podcast so what makes you human um and you can interpret it however you want there's no like right answer okay um my flaws and my empathy a hundred percent that's what makes me human my flaws and my empathy well there you go guys her flaws and her empathy I love your vibe Caroline I love everything you're about you have been so inspiring to me ever since I started following you and getting to know you more and I'm sure so many of the listeners can resonate with a lot of what you're saying um I think a lot of points hit home for me and I'm sure they will with them too um so for anyone who wants to keep up with Caroline, where can they find you? Um, so my main platform is definitely Instagram. Uh, my username is Caroline Rose Travel. Uh, I'm also, I did have a website, but it's kind of under construction, but it will have the same domain, CarolineRoseTravel.com. Hopefully that awesome. will be up within the month, but we'll see. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And probably by the time this airs too. So yeah, maybe we'll be able to, Yeah. <laughs> we'll be able to uh, link all of that in the show notes as well as all of the apps that Caroline had mentioned. Um, so yeah, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We'd love to hear any feedback, any other questions that you have for Caroline, you can direct message her on Instagram, but for sure. Yeah. Thank you so Until- much.
me. This has been amazing. I've never done anything like this. So I was really excited when you asked. Me. And, um, yeah. listening, oh my gosh, thank you for listening. I listen to podcasts all the time. And it seems so crazy to me that I'm going to be in someone's ear. And it's wild. It is wild. It is wild. And I really appreciate you saying yes. I'm honored to have had you on the yeah. show. And I, I'm so excited for everyone to listen. Yeah, me too. Cool. All right. Until next time, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys, to another episode of the Human Experience Podcast. I do always appreciate your love via Instagram DMs and now any ratings or reviews that you have to give my podcast. I would love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, And of course, feel free to share with friends and family so that others can hear my voice too. Until next time.